This is the Healthy Worship Team Podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Angler. If you're a worship leader who's ready to get to the next level, whether it's to help your team thrive as your church grows, become a stronger leader yourself, or to add more creativity to what you do, you're in the right place. I've spent the last 20 years leading worship, and I want to share with you the best of what I've learned. I know you've got the talent. I know you've got the calling. Now let's talk about everything else. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Healthy Worship Team podcast. I'm your host, Julie, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. We are In this episode, we are going to cover two important ingredients that you're going to need to lead in this change, to help your team grow, to become better, to break some old habits, and to see some new things come to life. Number one, you are going to need to be able to be very, very brave. When you're talking about changing established things, be prepared for your team to struggle with those changes. It's just a part of life. It doesn't mean that they hate you. It doesn't mean that they hate growth. It doesn't mean that they don't love God. We just struggle with change as people. We, I don't, I love change when it's my idea and I get to decide how it goes. But what happens when your team member has been very happy with the fact that rehearsals always start 15 to 20, 15 to 20 minutes late and they go over two hours and that's their social time. What happens when your structure changes so that you need to have a 60 minute practice that starts right on the dot and that finishes when you say it's going to finish? Of course, there's going to be some friction there. Of course, somebody's not going to be happy with that. And as the leader, you are going to have to decide that whatever changes that you uh, implement You are ready and okay with the fact that people are going to struggle with it. This takes a lot of bravery. Um, So I want to tell a story about one of the first big things that had to happen on our worship team when uh, PT came and we started making all of our big changes at our church. He, his, his, the vision of our church was changing. We were expanding our horizons. We were preparing for growth. One of the big things was we knew that as the loss started um, coming in and started getting saved, as our church started growing, we were going to need to be able to have every single part of our team, all of our volunteer teams, they needed to be scalable so that more people could serve and be part of it. Instead of it just being about, oh, we've got a really talented worship leader in place and now we can just roll with that until we hire a new one, we took on the vision of training up and establishing that we would raise up worship leaders and raise up people to carry out the work of the ministry. That meant that our team had to be scalable. That meant that I needed to be able to tell one person something and it would be true for everyone in that position. And so um, the first things we had to kind of, you have to stop doing some things in order to be able to move forward and do some some new things. And so one of the first things that um, my pastor asked Chris and I, Chris is my husband, he's our worship leader, but some immediate changes needed to happen in order, in order to kind of take some things in a new direction. And one of those things was he wanted a couple different 
uh, not musicians, a couple different instruments that were on the platform, they were no longer needed for the direction that we were taking the worship team and the worship style in. Okay, so of course, as a team leader, what am I thinking? He's saying, okay, this instrument that's been up every week, we no longer need that instrument and I want you to let that person know that we're not going to be using that instrument anymore on Sundays, not for a normal Sunday, Sunday morning service. Okay. Um, somebody create a hole in the ground and let me just go swallow, you know, just go fall into that hole and never come back. Because what does that mean for me? That means that I have to look at someone who's been a part of our worship team for a very long time and ask them not to play anymore. I could immediately feel all the emotions that they would be feeling. Now, we talked about aligning with vision. I had made the decision that I was aligned with the vision. And um, regardless of whether or not I agreed about that instrument being on the platform, I knew that I was aligned with the vision of um, my pastor and where we were headed. So, okay, so I know I'm aligned and I'm going to help him execute this. Now, here's, here, was the, here's, here was the next thing that I did. Immediately, I, I went to him and I said, can you please help me know how to communicate this? Because I have, so, so remember this, we've talked about understanding authority and responsibility. He has the responsibility to help us know which direction we're going. And my job is to help him execute that. One of the ways I can help him execute that is by fulfilling this request of his of eliminating one of these instruments on the stage. What's my authority and my responsibility? My responsibility is to care for this team and to pastor them and lead them well, right? So, oh my goodness gracious, I've got to give somebody this news. Please help me lead them well. So I'm looking to my leader to say, please give me, I need your leadership and your guidance because I want to be a good leader and I want to communicate this in a way that does not... Um, I can't control how they're going to feel or how they're going to react, but I do not want to be how I communicate the reason why they feel disconnected or like they don't have a part in the team anymore. And um, my pastor was super gracious. He, he spent a lot of time coaching me and we talked through those conversations. And then for this one specifically, he he was like, I just want you to remind um, remind that person that remind them their value as a person, this, the person that played the instrument, um, she was the most darling, wonderful person. And she still is. And, um, he said, I want you to remind her of that. Remind her that this has nothing to do with who she is as a person, but that the style and the, um, the style of worship, uh, that we're moving into, um, no longer needs this on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. There may be opportunities for special services that we can do that. And, um, and so, and so I was like, okay, okay, okay. I can, I think I can say that, you know, and inside I'm like, this is going to be really difficult. This is going to hurt. And this is going to be hard. Um, the other thing that he asked me to do, cause he was coaching me and owning my role and my responsibility was he said, now listen, I have your back. 
if you, if, if for some reason you implement a change and your team says, I'm not doing this, or I don't want to do this. He said, I've got your back. I will help you if you need it. I will come in and step in and have a conversation if you need it. But what I want you to do is I do not want you to walk in and say, pastor, you know, pastor wanted me to say, wants me to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't think it's a good idea, but he wants us to. So we've just got to do it. That is abdicating your responsibility when you lead and when you communicate. And so he just, he made that very clear. He said, I want you to own it. I want you, you ask them and ask them to follow you, not, um, don't align, align yourself with me and ask them to follow you and to trust you. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, and he was very gracious. gave me the space to, to be open about my fears and concerns so that I, and I did that with him so that I could get my head around how to be a good leader. If I had gone to everybody around me and talked about this and gotten everybody's opinions on it, how do you think that would have gone? Um, getting that perspective or getting that, um, getting all of that input from people who did not have the responsibility to lead like I did. I went to the person who understood what it takes to lead well and let him lead me. I went up to my leader to get the encouragement that I needed because he's the one that I had to answer to for whether or not I had done what he asked me to do. So long story short, I had the hardest conversation in my whole entire life. And, um, I, you know, talked with the person and reassured her and, um, said, this is, you know, we're not going to have this instrument anymore and you're amazing and you're such a precious part of our team and, um, you can still, you know, you're still a part of the team and if you want to do for special services and, um, I was like literally trembling in my, (laughs) trembling in my boots, um, to say that and, um, that happened. And then a little while later, I call, I called her again because I felt like it was kind of a blow. And I just checked on her. I think if I remember that correctly, I don't know if it was the same conversation or if we talked later, I think we did, but I just said, how are you doing? She said, honestly, I'm not great. I'm disappointed. I'm sad that I don't get to play anymore. And, um, I resisted the urge to do something to offset the pressure and to do something like um, apologize in a way that communicated that I didn't believe in what we were doing. Um, but I just reassured her again. I thanked her so much. I told her how much she meant to me. And, um, and over time that was, I think that was difficult for her. She's still a part of our church. And that was one of a few different, really difficult, conversations we had to, or decisions we had to make to change things that were deeply established in our worship team. That was the most challenging, difficult thing that I had to do because I did not want to crush anyone. I did not want to hurt anyone. I didn't want to push anyone away. It'd be easier just to, just to never have to have those conversations, except for the fact that if we want to move forward, we had to change some of those things. And also it was one of the ways that I grew the quickest as a leader was being willing to face those, um, challenging conversations and changes head on and actually be someone who was willing to lead people through it. When you make 
difficult decisions that people are not going to agree with, you have to prepare yourself and be okay with the fact that they're not going to be happy. If you have an underlying expectation that every decision that you make, people will agree with and like, you are working from a delusion <laughs> and you need to adjust that expectation. You need to be, you need to be okay with the fact that when you follow the line of authority, God is speaking to your senior leadership. They're responsible for vision. They are asking you to, to help execute that. Why you make a decision is not based on whether or not your team agrees. You don't have to answer to your team for how you lead. You have to answer to your leadership, your senior leader, and you have to answer to God for how you lead them and how you execute the vision. So you have to be okay with someone um, being flustered or um, not seeing it your way and allowing them to have that space because it's your role as the leader to create that space for them. And it's your role to hold the line knowing that regardless of how they feel about it, I have to hold, I have to hold firm on if I've been asked to do this, I'm going to do this. And there are, I'm all the fears. One of the ways you can prepare yourself is to go ahead and air out your biggest fears before the conversation. I practiced every single difficult conversation. I practiced it ahead of time and I, I aired out my concerns and the concerns were always very outlandish. It was like, they're going to hate me. They're going to punch me in the face. They're going to think that I'm horrible and they're going to scream and then they're going to leave the church and they're never going to love God again. All because I asked them, you know, to do some little change. You kind of need to hear yourself say that so that you can recognize and say that might, that would be an overreaction if they did respond that way. And so, um, so yeah, like that's, it's good to be able to air those concerns and to recognize and to say, okay, am I still just as convicted that this is the right decision, knowing that they possibly could have the craziest reaction ever? Do I know that I'm following and that I'm in the right, that I've submitted my heart to God, I've submitted my heart to my leaders, I'm making the best decision that I can, I'm doing it in a way hopefully that communicates value to them, that doesn't push people away, but that certainly establishes how something's going to go. Am I okay with my team not being okay with it and deciding if they're going to, if they can line up with it or not? That's how solid you need to be on your decisions before you, you lay them out before your team. Um, so yeah, be encouraged with that. You can do it. Um, when you go through those difficult conversations, when you go through those difficult changes, that affect other people and that they have those emotions to deal with, you are going to absorb some of that pressure and some of that emotional strain from that. And when that happens, do not go to other worship team members to make you feel better or to get um, consensus on your side about that conversation. You should not have a conversation with anybody that, that is not above you in leadership about these decisions and these situations. You can talk to other worship leaders um, for encouragement, and you can talk to your senior leaders for encouragement, but do not go down below into the, into the um, level of people that you're responsible to lead 
Do not go to them for emotional support for the difficulty of leading because they don't understand what it takes. You need to go above you where people are actually carrying heavier weights than you even are. And so that they can, when they tell you, you can do this, keep going, do not give up. They mean it and they know how, what it costs to do that. When you go down into the people that are not carrying any weight, it's easy to give your perspective and your insights, easy to give criticism when you're, when you don't have any skin in the game. So you want to have the people around you that have the skin in the game and that understand what it costs you to lead bravely and to lead honestly and to be unafraid of making changes. Um, I think I'm going to stop it here. Next episode, we're going to talk about another element that you need um, for leading, and that is leading with patience. I'm really excited about that. Patience, I'm so bad at patience. I'm the worst at patience. It is my lifelong journey to learn how to trust God's timing, so I really look forward to talking with you guys about that in our next episode um, and how to lead with patience. So um, you guys are awesome. Uh, you can like, subscribe, leave me a review if you're enjoying these episodes. I'm really enjoying bringing them to you. Also, you can reach out to me at thehealthyworshipteam at gmail.com. You can ask me questions. You can ask me to cover something specific in the podcast. I would absolutely love that. And I love you guys. We'll see you soon.